Hey, Pete. Hey, man. Uh, yesterday's You'll Hear It episode was a bit long, eh? It was very long. Uh, we should go really quick today. You'll hear it. I'm Adam Annis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Daily jazz advice coming at you. Coming at you today, sponsored by Open Studio. Of course, we have our great deal still, our offer on the All Access Pass. Yes. Uh, don't sleep on that. We'll get into that towards the end of this episode, which is only going to be an appropriate length today. How about seven minutes instead of 27 minutes? That was long yesterday. I mean, we get passionate about marketing, though, and we're kind of in the thick of it right now. We're in the thick of it. But I think that, I mean, I, I mean, please let us know in the comments below on YouTube because Adam's in there every day checking them. You know that. But, um, I mean, hopefully we provided some value. We felt good about it. We were kind of shocked when we heard from our uh, illustrious producer, Andrew, at the end of the episode that it was 27 minutes long. So if that's too long for y'all, let us know. Um, on the other hand, you can also just stop listening yeah. <laughs> at the appropriate time. It's we a daily podcast. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be one tomorrow that's like seven yeah. minutes. So. No, but we're very passionate about providing value to you guys. So the times when we do stretch, I mean, I guess it probably depends on if that was interesting or, or, or kind of on people's mind or useful information. I think if people are interested in that, you know, marketing their own gigs and stuff as, as we do, as most musicians do, hopefully it provided some value. All right. Uh, today, oh, we have a question from an email and it's kind of long. Okay, <laughs> twenty-seven this might, minutes. This long? might take twenty-seven minutes just to read this. I'm going to okay. try to try to do a, a truncate it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, hi, Peter and Adam. Hi. Thanks for keeping the top-notch podcast going after April Fools. Ah, that's a reference to our April Fools prank yeah. that was so yeah. popular. Uh, I'm going to skip all the accolades. It's a whole paragraph. <laughs> uh, a little context. I've been studying some classical music as a youth. The last few years, I've often visited a local blues jam with guitar faces and solos out of this world. It's dreaming of one day improvising on stage together with others and recently have transitioned to playing piano mm. i've bought and practiced the sheet music for cantaloupe island take five misty take the a train all the things you are around midnight in a settle mood etc i love the etc came after like 10 titles <laughs> yeah <And, it's>, uh, <laughs> right, 10 classics i love playing these beautiful songs the score can be useful to get basic voicing ideas and cool riffs but i'm trying to break free of the score good and make make up my own improvisations and voicings make maybe I also need lick vocabulary going okay yeah uh, here's my question. What are your tips for improving free improvisation without prop, uh, with, with. Prop, <laughs> proper fingering and making up melodically pleasing lines played clearly over light chord stabs in real time in a jam situation? Uh, he goes into the chords uh, that he loves. But so I thought for this one, um, we, we get this question a lot. So he continues on with... Um, is watching online tutorials and speeding down the video of, say, Oscar Peterson. A I've never heard it approach. called speeding down. That's yeah. an interesting way. <laughs> Getting transcriptions and trying to figure out good fingerings on one's own. Yeah. Um, so we get this question. This is really just kind of a general question that we get all the time. Specific, yeah, fingering. Specifically about fingerings when right. improvising. And I think this comes from a lot of people with a classical background. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, this is a way to learn a piece of classical uh, music is you could learn it all by the fingering patterns. Right. I mean, and just mem kind of memorize that and know, right. know, let that lead you in your technique. And we have sort of evolved our fingering ideas, I think. Or devolved. Or devolved, <laughs> answering some of these questions by email and video. And so I don't think we've ever really covered it that 
that intensely on the You'll Hear It podcast. But no. We should talk about it. This is yeah. for this will be for pianists today. Apologies right. to anybody else. But this right. is a, if you're not a pianist, you might not understand that. But uh, classical music, there's fingering is a huge part of it. I mean, yeah. the act of like the deciding on your fingering for most pianists. Well, and I would say just for playing the piano in any style. Yes. It, it actually is. I think in classical music, it's it's so much easier to kind of quantify and, and qualify also because the notes are prescribed for us. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a lot we can learn, we can glean, we can take, we can apply, I think, from the classical world to the jazz world. So I would say for some of you that kind of gloss over and are like, well, I'm just a jazz pianist or I'm a blues pianist or I'm a gospel pianist and I came up playing by ear, know that you have such an advantage on the ear training side, on the improvisation side, on the being able to you'll hear it side. Mm -hmm. But you are going to be a little bit of a disadvantage on the fingering side. But just know that to me, I don't know, to me, this is the easier side to kind of get a handle on because it's. It, it really is like specific in terms of like there's certain rules and stuff that anybody can learn. It's true. And, you know? and the more you address these, you're going to see technical hurdles that you haven't been able to clear, get cleared pretty quickly. Right. With some, with some good fingering. Yeah. And I think if we think about, you know, conceptually there being sort of two types of pianists, um, and, and obviously this is, this is a little bit barbaric way to look at it because there's all different gradations in between. But if you think about those that are, classically trained at any level where like they've learned at least some proper uh, quote-unquote correct fingering fingering techniques um, and rules and regulations um, versus those that learn to play by ear and don't know those but they have really good ears mm -hmm. so like the ones that learn the fingering don't have great ears and the ones you know yeah. and we do see this a lot yeah we see it all so the time. obviously the goal is to have both and yeah. that's where the magic happens and that's where when we talk about remember we had the question the other day it was like what makes a great jazz pianist all those people that the 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 greats i yeah. think what do we call them the greats or the the, the monsters or whatever you know the Herbie Hancock's, yeah, yeah, the yeah, Oscar yeah. Petersons, the masters, you know, the masters. Yeah, yeah. Like they're gonna all have all this. Yes, you know, yeah. and, and then some. But but the good news is is you can get this. It's a little bit different than than dealing it with pre-written music. Yeah, and that you actually have to practice improvising with good fingering. Yeah, because you don't want to be thinking about it as you're playing. You want to be thinking about nothing, but you want to just let it let the music happen. And hopefully, you've developed these good habits fingering wise, so yeah. that. There's no hiccups in your technique. Yeah, not only do you not want to be thinking of it, you're you're going to get to the point when your ears get developed to a to a greater stage, or maybe they're already there, that you're not going to be able to think about. It. You're not going to have time to think about it, even if you wanted to be thinking about those rules. So they have to be autom automated. They have to be habitual. Yep. And you know, look, a habit is just something that's either good or bad, or in the middle that you do over and over again. Yep. Um, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't have good fingering. Okay, well, you have to do the things to give yourself good fingering. You not only have to learn them, you have to do them. So that means practicing them in this Definitely. case. And then you have to repeat it. It's not just a matter of intellectually knowing or trying it once. You have to do it over and over again. Some people get, get it twisted, as they say, in that they'll see somebody relatively young and be like, oh, my God, they have such great technique. They have such great fingering. They have such – they're such great runners. I mean, they're such – Great shit. I mean, it could be anything. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of discounts the fact that, like, well, maybe they took some technical things about their craft and did them over and over again to the point where it became a habit mm -hmm. so that they could start to be creative then without losing the technical things that come into play. So true. You know? So true. Um, so for the piano, it's just fingering. And I think the reason we do get this question so much and we're thinking about it and, um, you know, helping people with it is that it's such it's not the only part, but it's such a big part of piano technique. 
Whereas, say for the saxophone or the trumpet, it's not that big of a thing. Fingering, you learn the fingering, but there's not that many. There's alternate fingering. Yeah, there's not that. But many there's not options. as many choices as we have. So let's get right to probably the most important part of this, which is the 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 basics that you can cover can be found in one really great book that I know we both both uh, love, and that's the McFerrin the Bible. Oh, sorry. No, which one? <laughs> that too. Uh, the the McFerrin scale and arpeggio manual. Oh yeah. So oh, that's Andrew, why don't you put a link to the McFerrin scale and arpeggio manual here? And this yeah. is a this is like a Shermer, you know, one of those yeah. uh, those cream colored books that we right. all grew up with or whatever. But if you go through this book and the scales, the arpeggios, the thirds, the all the ways that McFerrin has you go through this in McFerrin's fingerings, you so much of this is going to be revealed to you. Right. This the fingerings it's not just the fingerings, the scales, all those that's very important. But I remember, you know, a few years ago when I really went through this you know, seeing like when I practice scales and octaves and, and on the black key and octaves, my fourth finger is on the top note, not my pinky. Right. You know, and, and having a light bulb go off of like, oh, and then I can move to the white key with the pinky and it sounds so much smoother. Yeah, like absolutely. these little technical things or moving up in thirds in the way that that he has you finger all those. I mean, it just makes such a huge difference. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's where you should start. If you don't have that kind of basis, get it. It's on Amazon. It's not that expensive. I think it's like 12 bucks or something. Yeah, I think it's maybe they're not a copyright. And look, this is the thing. If some of you are like, oh, I've been working out of this other scale book or, or, or scale in arpeggio book, that's fine. Yeah. Don't, don't switch over. Yeah, like, we're not saying this is the only this. way. Because yeah, yeah. like, many people be like, well, I know such and such. You know, Oscar Peterson didn't work out of that. So this is one of those things. Don't get into analysis paralysis. Um, and it's also like this is going to get you 80% there for fingering. For sure. You know, but uh, some other books might get you 84% and some other 72 It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Just get one. Yeah. And even if like one is maybe a l little better or a little worse for you versus someone else, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like you're going to kind of figure that out. Just get going with it. It's yeah. kind of like if you're going to lift weights, well, what brand is better? That doesn't really matter. It's the amount of weight, yeah. you know. Uh, but we will link to that one, which yeah, is our because recommended that's what we know. Version. Yeah, that's what we know. But <laughs> it's great. Reason, yeah. it, it's great. It covers a lot of bases for you. Now, then there's some more jazz-specific things. Like, there's not really a lot of great material on, like, blues scale fingering on the piano. No. We're going to do that. It's on our list. No, yeah. Look for, <laughs> actually, so for our jazz piano uh, technique course that'll be out in the fall, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, that that we're going we're gonna to have the definitive blues scale fingerings. But here's what I will say, and this is true for anything. Figure out what works best for your hand. Yeah. Realize there's some basic principles, like try to keep your thumb off the black keys. Right. Try to maybe keep your pinky off the black keys if you can. Yeah. And figure out what works best. I remember just uh, going through all the black key uh, blue scales and trying to find the best fingering. And I still have all those fingerings, and it yeah. works great for me. Well, and it's always fun to me because I have heard from people like, well, yeah, I, um, you know, what is, like, they'll try to find something, say, that isn't in the McFerrin. Or like, well, what about this? Yeah. And my thing is like, Go through that whole book. Like, that's going to give you more than enough. Yeah. Like, if you never learn an official fingering for a blues scale, because I never did because I didn't have that. Yeah, I, yeah. I didn't even really know what the blues scale versus the secret, what we call the secret blues scale, was. But I did have a good foundation there, and it served me pretty well. Yeah. Like, show me somebody that really can can nail that, and maybe the Phillips, and, you know, there's Cherney and Hannah, and the then Phillips, other exercises yeah, yeah, yeah. that are the manifestation of these kind of fingerings. Show me somebody that has that and has no official jazz fingering, and I'm going to show you somebody that's that if they – because this is the other thing. The other part we talk about, the ear, that's just as important or really more important. It's more important. So You want to get this out of the way. Yeah, you want to get this out of the way. Get yourself 80% there, get your ears together, and you're going to be 
well upon your way. And the great thing about that is then you can be like, that's all I need. And when you go to play jazz, you're not having to think about it. That's going to automatically come out those rules. It's so true. Like when you go through the arpeggios and the McFerrin, even though they're all just triadic arpeggios, it's not like jazz arpeggios, how we would play. It gives you those tools. Yeah. Then when you want to apply that to jazz arpeggios, which are a little different, you still have these sort of unofficial official rules about where your hands should be, how it feels, how good fingering feels. Right. And uh, hopefully you apply that. to The same thing with like the half whole scale or something, which isn't in the classical books. Right, right. Uh, You need to find the way that works best for you, but use those classical rules that we've, you know, learned from other sources. Yeah, and I mean, you know, this is all about habits. And so by repetition, you're going to develop those good habits that McFerrin or whatever scale book you're doing. Tomorrow, I don't know if you know about this, we're going to be talking more in depth in habits. So we're going to leave it at there for now. Excellent. But we're going to get into habits and the kind of the other side. So make sure to tune into that because that'll be able to apply to this kind of practice, but I think to a lot of other practices. And it's something that we've mentioned in passing, but it's going to be fun to kind of dive into a little deeper. In the meantime, though, if you want to save $77 off an annual membership to the I don't want it. I don't All want to Access Pass from Open Studio, which is every course we make and will make for the next year, uh, simply, oh, I do want to do it then. Sorry, now you sold me. <laughs> simply go to OpenStudioNetwork.com, yep. uh, get the annual membership to the All Access Pass, and then in the offer code field at checkout, put in, you'll hear it, one word, and uh, yeah, you're going to save 77 bucks. And this is our biggest you know, savings we've done here on this. So this, we did it, maybe was it last year or six months ago? So this is only going to be good for this week. So, you know, take your time, but don't take too much time because yeah. it's, it's, it's going, it's yeah. going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll see you again tomorrow. Then I guess uh, yeah, you'll hear it. You'll hear it. <laughs>